Porch Confessional, your weekly Devo podcast. My name is Jeff Goki, and I am so happy that you have tuned in today. Welcome to episode number 27. I love that we've done 27 of these podcasts, and uh, I do three of these a week. I think maybe some of you know, but I, I do them on Monday, Wednesday, and Friday. But what I'm finding is we have a really cool, we're starting to develop a really cool bank of passages, and uh, and I'm starting to understand that there are some reoccurring themes. So, and, and just so you know, I haven't like planned these out. I don't like, um, I don't like, you know, I don't have like a list of every all, you know, every week I'm going to do these passages. I really don't. As I'm sitting out on the front porch, I'm simply. Uh, just reflecting and thinking, and sometimes passages will pop into my head, and I'll write them down. Sometimes um, it's the passage that I'm actually in, and I'm like, "Oh man, that was so good." Um, I'll be at a meeting, and, and a verse will pop up, and I'm like, "Wow!" And then I'll have to go think about that. So that's kind of the, I, I would say, the very authentic way uh, or spontaneous way that is creating kind of a, this podcast. And then uh, on, on Fridays, I sit down and I try to work through what I learned throughout the week and try to pull out some different themes, some different things. Sometimes um, there's some similar things. This happens to be this passage and the passage in in episode number 25. Um, similar in nature in some ways, a bit different, but similar in nature. But a part of this is just the spontaneous um, and then maybe for me, even this very authentic way that I'm trying to learn and to grow. And maybe this has been really, really helpful for you. I hope it has. Um, but it's trying to find how scripture and then our stories and our stories, not just today that we're living, but the story we've had up to this point, how they kind of converge that are helping us understand our future, where we're going, what we're doing, what today looks like. Today's important. As we talked about in episode uh, number, uh, I think it was uh, 25 or 26, uh, like it's important what we do today. Today matters. And so uh, wanting to do that well. And so I hope this has been encouraging to you. Um, the passage today is is uh, such a great passage. I can't wait to dig in with it uh, with you for a little bit. As I was going through it, um, the the story often that I'll go back to is our story um, of when we were in the hospital with our son Cooper, who was diagnosed with leukemia when he was eight. And for me, that's I, I can't get away with how much that shaped my life. And I think the more I live on this earth and every day that God gives me, I continue to draw from a lot of those experiences. In fact, for for me and a part of my journey of healing is that I, I haven't I, de- I don't remember much. Um, it was a very traumatic period of time. Uh, the way I have dealt with trauma in the past is I just blow through it. I just, I'm optimistic by nature. Everything's going to be fine. It'll all work out. And so um, I missed a bunch. But one of the things this week uh, upon thinking about this passage is um, I started thinking that the, the interesting thing about the hospital for us is it was very paradoxical. And I've talked a little bit about this in other episodes, but that for me, uh, we always, and this sounds crazy, for the most part, we always look forward to going to the hospital, which runs counterintuitive 
to how you've been raised most of your life. You've been raised like all the bad things happen at the hospital. Like don't go to the hospital. Like a lot of people avoid the hospital because they don't want to deal with whatever bad news is going on. But in the weird thing for us was we both enjoyed going to the hospital and we also hated going to the hospital. It was this very bizarre paradox that we lived in. And the reason why we enjoyed going to the hospital is that you become friends with uh, your your team, our nurses, our, our, our doctors, you know, even the people that would take his blood pressure. We, we knew those people and they knew us. I mean, to this day, our, some of the most beautiful memories that we have of the hospital, of the people that served our family. And when you're put into a situation where it's really dire and it's really, really scary, joy becomes even more evident. And so I can start remembering moments of like real joy. Like before Cooper would get shots, we would always put on like rally songs. And so when the staff would come in, we'd be singing the song or rapping and Cooper knew all these different songs and we'd be singing and the staff, they knew it was authentic. And then he would get the shot and he'd cry. You know, and, and it was hard. And then again, we found joy again. And so what we experienced during that period of time was this. We saw what real joy was. And for so much of my life up to that point, uh, as we've talked so much on these podcasts, if you've gone back and listened to them, is this, is that, you know, listen, joy has been so situational. Joy has been very inch deep. And in episode uh, number 25, we talked a bit about what rejoicing and what joy looks like a bit, but it was always like an inch deep. But when you're in despair and when you're in pain and when you're in hurt and when you're in ambiguity and when you're in confusion and you experience real joy, it's real. Like you feel it in your bones, like, and it feels like heaven on earth. Because you know it wasn't conjured up. It wasn't as a result of, you know, something you got. It was simply joy. And it was beautiful. And it overwhelms. And so we found what authentic joy was all about in the most paradoxical of of situations, which is in a hospital fighting for our child's life. And that's why Nehemiah 8.10 was so important to me this week. And it said this. And then he said to them, go your way, eat the fat and drink sweet wine and send portions to anyone uh, who has nothing ready for this day is our, is holy to our Lord and do not be grieved. And this is the part that got me for the joy of the Lord is your strength, is our strength, the joy of of the Lord is our strength. And what I started thinking about was like, oh my gosh, we tend to find strength in all the wrong things. Most of the things we find strength in are are pretty disappointing, aren't they? Because it's a stock market, it, it goes up and it goes down. Right? If you've ever, you know, the app on your phone, like the stock app, if you, if you spend much time looking on there, you're going to freak yourself out. Like you're going to get all worked up because some days you're like, we're winning. Other days you're like, oh my gosh, this is the worst. Like if we, if our, if our, if our strength is found in a market, right? Because all of us, you know, have been waiting around for the, either the market to, to, to decline so that we can purchase a house. 
and then and then rise for some of us so that we can continue to do business in the way that we've been doing. Like we're just hoping the market turns like if all of our strength is found in the market, if it's found in power, like as long as I'm powerful, as long as the position I'm in is powerful. Right. If I have a certain position in the company like that'll bring me strength. Right. If I'm popular. So many of us are looking to our Instagram, Twitter, Facebook and trying to be validated by the amount of likes or comments or interactions that we get. Like we're finding our strength in that. Like I'll be be okay. There there was this time in my ministry career and and I'm just being vulnerable and super honest here um, where I had become what I had aspired to be my whole life. I was speaking places. I sensed a, a sense of popularity, if you will, notoriety. I had it. Like people wanted to interview me. People wanted me to go speak at their things. My family got to travel with me to different places. I mean, I, these were things that I had always aspired to. Like I had really always hoped that, 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 that they would come into fruition. And then it all went away. It all went away. And I felt like I was slipping into obscurity. And, and I, I think I've struggled ever since that moment. I really think a part of the last two and a half years of getting counseling is, is as a byproduct of understanding the shift has happened. And I didn't even know. I didn't even know it. That, that's a scary thing. I didn't even know that, that how deep that was for me, that I had found my strength and my identity in those things. And here's the crazy thing. I was doing really good things. I wasn't doing bad things. I was doing really good things. I was doing God things. And yet there was something, I was getting my strength from the wrong thing. My joy in satisfaction was found in doing something other than following and being known as a son and daughter of the Most High, that the Lord wasn't my strength. And so the joy of the Lord wasn't my strength. It, it, it was this thing or this dream being fulfilled or this identity that's finally been validated through a bunch of people going, you're good at what you do. And we want to interview you. You're a somebody in this culture. And so this is a really humbling passage for me as I'm reevaluating and rethinking my life and really trying to be honest with, is the Lord my strength? And is that bringing me joy because what I find in our culture and what I find so often in myself is the rise of depression and anxiety is really overwhelming. I, I, I went in just out of curiosity and just said, I wonder how much it's increased. And they, they say that um, since 1999, this is according to the American Psychology Society or something like that, um, that since 1999, the, the, increase of antidepressants has been up 64%, 64% since 1999. And I'm going, we live in the most technologically advanced 
society sciences at a whole new level. We're sending rockets all over the place. We're talking about populating Mars. We have cars that are run on electricity. We have devices that we can talk to people around the world on video. And yet, and we, we are all moving forward in strength and power. And yet we have come to an understanding that it is faulty ground. This is what Nehemiah is trying to help the people of Israel understand. You have placed your feet on fickle ground. Place it in the right things. Don't just place it uh, being released from captivity or even if you're in captivity. No, place it in the Lord. He said the solution to what you're working through, what you're dealing with is this. The joy of the Lord is your strength. And if you know and trust that he is in control, joy will be the byproduct of that. Isn't that beautiful? Maybe that's just something that you need to hear right now. Something for your heart is the joy of the Lord is your strength. Nothing else is. And that's why the writer of Hebrews in Hebrews 12, 2 says this. Let me tell you about what this looks like. Let me tell you about how this ends up working itself out. And it's this. He says this, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer and perfecter of our faith. For the joy set before him, he endured the cross, scorning its shame and sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Everything about this passage seems off from an earthly perspective. But through the eyes of eternity in in a divine God mind, it's completely logical. What this passage is helping us understand is that, listen, Jesus died for you and I, and it was for the joy set before him that he endured the cross, that there was something in, in, in Jesus that we can all learn from because joy wasn't situational. Now, I'm not saying it wasn't difficult. If we, we see Jesus in the garden and we see him bleeding, he's so overwhelmed at this idea of being separated from the father, right? We see him on the cross. He suffered But there was something so much more. Joy is rooted in something so much more. It's in glorifying the Father. And that's why the writer of Hebrews is like, look how Jesus did this. Fix your eyes on Jesus. Because he lived in a joy that we need to learn from, even to the point of it actually costing his life. And for so many of us, our joy has been placed in all the wrong things. And it's weakened us. It's not given us strength. Where our strength derives from will be indicated in how our lives will be lived. Where our strength derives from will be indicated in how our lives will be lived. So the question is this, where does your strength come from? Just be honest. 
Be honest today with where your strength comes from, where you've been placing your strength and, and take Nehemiah's advice and say, he says, listen, it needs to be in the Lord. But you need and I need to reevaluate all of those parts of our lives. So to the God who brings strength to us, we give glory and honor and praise. So take a breath, reflect and believe that the God of the universe is near to you than your own heartbeat. Until next time, cheers.